Welcome back to Round 12, the podcast that will always be dedicated to growth, development, and motivational mastery. I am your host, Sensei Roger B. Hamilton. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the Round 12 podcast series. Let's go get it. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night.
I was asked directly in an interview once that if I could change anything about the professional business environment, what would it be? And I even surprised myself that I did not have to think about it for even a moment when I replied. Preconception, I said quickly. I remembered the looks on people's faces and the questions in their eyes when they met me, thinking I might look different than I sounded on the phone or that they expected some other type of person to hold my professional position or they were just accustomed to working with or dealing with a different kind of person. There is a tremendous level of discussion currently in all parts of the USA and the world about this issue of preconception or racial bias, both conscious and unconscious, and just the general perception that we all operate from. Is the pretty woman sweeter and more trustworthy? Is the tall, handsome man more knowledgeable and reliable as the business professional? Is the fat kid more fun and the skinny kid more serious? Is the unsmiling person angry with you and less of a friend, but is the always smiling person a better friend because of it? Do your family members love you more because they tell you not to try new things? And is your buddy who always wants to do something new a progressive and insightful contributor or just antsy and wanting to run? When your coworker or manager tells you you're not like the others, and taps you on your shoulder for assurance, does that mean he will consider you for the upcoming promotion? Or does it mean something else? When the policeman pulls over your vehicle two blocks from your home and asks you what you're doing around here, is that his civic duty or is it something else? Long-standing relationships, brief encounters, important meetings, job interviews, and sports teams tryouts all require an alert perception of where we are, who we are talking to, and how we perceive each other. But meeting for the first time has a powerful influence on our lives that can make or break many situations. We human beings are built to size each other up quickly. These first impressions are influenced by a number of factors, such as facial shape, vocal inflection, attractiveness, and general emotional state. People tend to get attached to their initial impressions of others and find it very difficult to change their opinion, even when presented with lots of evidence to the contrary. As a result, it's important to be aware of how one comes across to others during a first meeting. Then, one can employ impression management skills, modulating any irritating traits and accentuating one's strengths to ensure that people have a more favorable opinion of one. As the saying goes, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Everything from clothing style and posture to conversational topics can be adjusted to form a better first impression. But then, no matter what we do, what we say, or how we say it, we are all faced with the ultimate determination of who we trust. Certainly, this is one of the most important decisions you make in your life. Who to trust. 
trusting the wrong person can result in abusive relationships, physical harm, being taken advantage of, financial losses, and many more undesirable outcomes. However, trusting the right person can be a productive, rewarding, pleasant, and positive decision. It would be nice if the sociopaths who lurk among us actually looked suspicious. And if the psychopaths wore labels saying, be afraid, be very afraid. Unfortunately, this is not the case. In fact, research shows that people with narcissistic personalities who tend to manipulate other people for their own selfish ends actually present an especially charming and attractive first impression. They also are more likely to have high-status jobs or shiny possessions. So how do you avoid the con man or serial seducer? Understanding your brain's automatic wiring may hold the key. How our brains judge character from facial appearance. In 2003, Princeton researcher Alexander Todorov showed pairs of pictures to about a thousand people, then asked them to rate who was more competent. The participants did not know that they were looking at actual candidates for the House and Senate in prior and upcoming elections. Across several studies, participants responded to the question of whether someone looked competent predicted actual election outcomes about 70% of the time. Mr. Todorov even wrote a book about the study called Face Value, the Irresistible Influence of First Impressions. Even when people looked for just one second, predictions were more accurate than by chance. A subsequent study showed that we make snap judgments about competence based on facial features denoting trustworthiness and dominance. These initial judgments color our perceptions about the individual from then on. The researchers found that the most trustworthy faces had upturned eyebrows and lips, while the least trustworthy faces had eyebrows pointing downward and lips curled at the edges. The split-second judgment. In a more recent study, published in the Journal of Neuroscience in August of 2014, researchers from Dartmouth and New York University showed that our brains take just three hundredths of a second, much less time than an eye blink, to decide trustworthiness. In fact, our judgments about trustworthiness are so rapid that we are able to make them even before we know who the person is. The researchers showed people photos of both real faces and computer-generated faces deliberately designed to look either trustworthy or untrustworthy. Results showed that we judge people with high eyebrows and prominent cheekbones as trustworthy, while we dis distrust people with furrowed brows and sunken cheeks. There's no evidence that these characteristics actually make people more or less trustworthy in real life, though. This rapid, automatic response likely served our ancestors well when they had to decide in the blink of an eye whether an approaching stranger was a potential ally or a raiding tribesman coming to kill them. While this rapid response may be helpful to us in certain situations, like walking alone in a dark alley at night, it may actually make our day-to-day -day reactions to people biased and inaccurate. And also, 
I'm not sure why we would be walking alone in a dark alley at night these days, but you never know. Remember, there is no evidence that these untrustworthy facial features predict actual behavior. These negative facial stereotypes are probably enhanced when we go to the movies and see villains with sunken cheeks and furrowed brows, like Batman's arch enemy, the Joker, so scarily portrayed by Jack Nicholson as an example. And then, what about the component of the brain called the amygdala? In the second part of their experiment, the Dartmouth and NYU researchers used an FRMI brain scanner to find out what part of the brain lights up when we make decisions about whether to trust somebody. This functional MRI, the FMRI, measures brain activity by detecting changed associations with blood flow. Using a new group of participants, they flashed the faces on a screen for 30 milliseconds, followed by an irrelevant image in a procedure known as backwards masking. This made the brain unable to consciously process the facial features. Results show that our brains process faces and make judgments about trustworthiness even without conscious awareness. It's like that person's face is a flag from another country, and we immediately make a decision based on what we know on whether we like that flag in that country or not. This activity occurs in the amygdala a part of the limbic system that serves as our brain's alarm center. It judges whether something we see or hear, smell, taste, or touch is an immediate threat. If it detects a threat, the amygdala initiates a fight-or-flight response that releases a cascade of chemicals to ready our minds and bodies for escape or doing battle. You've heard me talk about this before and how I had to get a handle on my own sense of predetermination. So, it seems that we can actually get into trouble if we follow our gut feelings about whom to trust. Our brains and guts are just reacting automatically based on superficial characteristics that don't predict actual character or behavior. Perhaps, this is why so many innocent young women cheerfully walked off to help serial killer Ted Bundy put books in his car without any idea of whom they were really dealing with. Perhaps sunken cheekbones really did signal danger to our ancestors, but lived in times of famine. Starving people who had more sunken cheekbones may have been more desperate for food and therefore more likely to harm you. Forget it. But in modern America, Sunken cheekbones don't predict anything. Neither does skin color or race either. So how do you protect yourself better from untrustworthy types? How can you make better choices about whom to trust? As my continuous food for thought, I will share with you five ways to decide on who you can trust. Let's see what you think about these brief tools of engagement. Number one, step back and take time to think. Don't make important decisions on impulse, whether it's a major purchase, an investment, a change of jobs, joining a gym, or deciding to leave a party with a stranger. Better to go home and mull over the costs and benefits or consult with a friend whose judgment you trust before acting. Number two, beware of the hard sell and don't fall for the okie doke Many retailers and lots of online coaches know that your brain makes less accurate decisions on impulse. 
If we make decisions on the spot, we are more likely to be drawn in by a special deal or promise that sounds too good to be true. Because usually when it sounds too good to be true, it usually isn't. So beware of any offer that expires in, a, in the few next hours or one day or, or, or only sales. Sellers will create the appearance of scarcity to lure you into making quick decisions. This means your amygdala decides rather than your prefrontal cortex, which is designed to weigh choices based on rational factors and reliable past experiences. Number three, beware of people who move too fast in relationships. If you just met a person and they want to be your best friend or the love of your life, be careful. At minimum, this person is probably impulsive and doesn't think things through before acting. They may be projecting a fantasy onto you or be more into intensity than real intimacy when it comes to relationships. They may thrive on drama, then move on quickly when they get bored. At worst, they may be deliberately creating an appearance of intimacy to, to seduce you or lure you in. The wisest thing is to ask the person to back off a bit so you can take time to get to know them. Decide on your, in your, on your own time limits ahead of time and stick to them. Number four, ask yourself what this person is really about. Some people are really good at projecting a confident, sexy, fun-loving spirit or making you feel really attractive and important. But if you take a step back, you may want to ask yourself, how well you actually know this person and how much are they really into you? Do their eyes wander around the room looking for the next conquest or to see who is admiring them? How do they treat people like the janitor, the waitress or the cab driver? If you listen carefully to what they say, what are the underlying values? Are they critical and contemptuous of others? Do they remember what you tell them? How considerate and thoughtful are they? Do they have close friends or are they close to their family? Asking yourself these questions can help you move beyond superficial aspects of the person to consider qualities that are more important in the long run. Number five, use your wise mind. Psychologist Marsha Linehan coined the concept of wise mind to describe a state of mind that integrates logical thinking with emotional awareness. It is a mindful state in which you make decisions by integrating different ways of knowing and don't cut off parts of your experience. If you feel an instant connection with somebody, take this into account, but don't make it the whole basis of your decision. In a wise mind, we don't ignore emotions, but we also don't get so caught up in them that we only see what we want to see instead of what is actually there. In brain terms, Wise mind means integrating our amygdala's intuitive reactions with the wisdom of past experience and knowledge about the world. There is a phrase bouncing around in the world right now that indicates we should stay woke, a vernacular phrase for consciousness and cultural awareness. But you know what? I've been woke, and I'm trying to stay that way so I can continue to make progress learn from my mistakes, and stay ready so I don't have to get ready. You see, I was born at night, but by no means was it last night.
Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of Round 12. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. May the worst days of your future be like the best days of your past. And may you continue to answer life's bell every time. Until we meet again, time!